everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome to Aaron Menke's Cabinet of Curiosities, a production of iHeartRadio and Grim and Mild. Our world is full of the unexplainable. And if history is an open book, all of these amazing tales are right there on display just waiting for us to explore. Welcome to the Cabinet of Curiosities. Look inside your spice cabinet, and you're likely to find all kinds of herbs and seasonings to punch up that pot pie or add some sparkle to your stew. Thanks to centuries of international trade and exploration, spices once only available in specific countries are now found throughout the world, allowing people to discover flavors that they never could have dreamed of before. But not everything in the kitchen has been good for us. Some spices have been downright dangerous, including one you might have in your pantry right now. We typically see and taste the ground-up version of this spice, which is part of the genus Myristica. The tree it comes from, Myristica fragrans, produces two spices from its fruit. Mace is cultivated from the seed covering, but the seed itself is sprinkled into everything from pumpkin pies to the occasional meatloaf. I'm talking, of course, about nutmeg. It's a spice noted for its strong fragrance and reddish-brown color. Asian countries, such as China and India, have used nutmeg in their cooking for thousands of years. It is believed that China was among the earliest nations to grow nutmeg outside of the Indonesian islands of the Banda Sea. In the early 1500s, as Europe was exploring the rest of the world, nutmeg was one of the many spices brought back for trade and consumption. Portuguese General Alfonso de Albuquerque traveled to Southeast Asia in 1511. His target? The city of Malacca, which was a major Asian trade center at the time. He took it over and placed it under control of the King of Portugal before learning of a series of islands just off the coast. He sent several ships to investigate, and when they got there, his men discovered a treasure trove of spices. They loaded up their ships with mace, nutmeg, and cloves, all of which were brought back to Portugal and spread throughout Europe. 100 years later, the Dutch East India Company set their sights on Banda and massacred the local population. Out of 15,000 indigenous people living there, only 1,000 survived. The rest were murdered, starved, or captured and sold as slaves. Few managed to get away. And all of this was done so that the Dutch could build a monopoly on the nutmeg trade. Unsurprisingly, the British also made their way to Banda and for a short time took control. Nutmeg trees were uprooted and moved so the spice could be grown in colonial-held countries. Since then, nutmeg has gone from a spice mostly found in Asia to a commodity sold in grocery stores all over the world. But there was a time when nutmeg wasn't just for putting on your eggnog at Christmas. For example, it was used as medicine by those living on the Arabian Peninsula. They would mix it with things like juice from the quince fruit to alleviate stomach problems or other minor ailments. 
Doctors also found that consumption of fresh ground nutmeg in high enough doses could trigger psychoactive effects, such as hallucinations. Around 1960, nutmeg was being used in animal testing to calculate how it behaved as a drug. Scientists noted a variety of results, including trouble walking, slower reflexes, and pupil dilation. Two adult humans died after experiencing severe drowsiness brought on by nutmeg ingestion. And the cause of these effects is a compound called myristicin and how the body breaks it down. That process affects the central nervous system in a similar way to LSD, causing dizziness, hallucinations, and a spike in the brain's norepinephrine response. Take enough nutmeg and you could find yourself on one heck of a trip lasting as much as two days. But ingest too much of the earthly spice and that trip can turn bad quickly. In 1576, a pregnant Englishwoman ate about 12 nutmegs to get herself drunk. Hers became the first recorded case of nutmeg poisoning. Since then, more cases have been reported, especially during the drug-fueled 60s and 70s. Sadly, those affected most by nutmeg poisoning have been teens and younger adults looking for a cheap and easy alternative to harder substances like marijuana. No substance, though, is inherently good or evil. Cocaine used to be taken in small doses and was considered medicinal. It was even part of the original Coca-Cola recipe. But eventually, its devastating effects were too great to ignore, and it was officially declared illegal in the United States in 1914. Will nutmeg follow the same path? It's doubtful, but anything's possible. For now, it's probably best to use measuring spoons when dealing with such a potent and flavorful spice. And maybe don't drink so many eggnogs. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com iHeart. That's LifeLock.com iHeart to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles, ready for next day installation, and all backed by the right price guarantee. 
visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. It doesn't matter if a volcano hasn't erupted in 100 years, or ever, for that matter. Its existence within spitting distance of a major metropolitan area is cause for concern for the people who live there. After all, it may never go off, but there's always the chance, right? Take Sitka, Alaska, for example. Sitka was originally colonized by Russian explorers in 1799. They had named the city Fort of Archangel Michael, but that settlement was destroyed a few years later by the Tinglet, the indigenous people living there. After days of fighting in August of 1804, the Russians forced the Tinglet to surrender and new Archangel was formed on the same spot. It became known as the capital of Russian America. And in the background of all that violent turmoil was Mount Edgecombe. But Mount Edgecombe wasn't just a mountain. It was actually a dormant, previously active volcano, rising 3,200 feet out of the ground west of the city. It's hard to miss. On a bright sunny day, it's perfectly visible with its snow-covered peak blending into a grayish-brown hue halfway down. And of course, because it was active in the past, the residents of Sitka have always lived with a kind of wariness about it going off again. The last thing they'd ever want is to see plumes of smoke shooting out of its center. So they must have been terrified when they noticed exactly that happening in the spring of 1974. Looking out their windows, they watched as waves of black smoke billowed out of the old volcano's central vent. This was it. The day had finally come. The massive volcano in the distance, looming over Sitka ominously for thousands of years, was finally going to pop and destroy everything in its path. The Coast Guard called in a helicopter to swoop over the site and see what was going on. They also sent a whaleboat to investigate closer to shore. Minutes later, a transmission from the chopper pilot came in over the radio. He hadn't seen lava crawling down its sides, nor burbling magma in the center of the pit. All he had seen was a flaming pile of tires and a spray-painted sign that read, April Fool. The whole ordeal had been nothing but a joke. Its mastermind? Sitka shop owner Porky Oliver Bicar, who had woken up early that April 1st with a song in his heart and a plan in his head. Porky had actually chartered three separate helicopters to help him pull off his dastardly scheme. But when they heard what it entailed, they all declined to participate. He wound up recruiting the help of his friend and local bar owner, Harry Sulser, who knew a guy with a helicopter who loved Porky's idea and wanted to pitch in. While he waited for his flying chariot to arrive, Porky got to work making two rope slings capable of holding about 50 car tires each. He also collected fuel for the fire, like sterno and diesel oil, as well as oily rags and a bunch of smoke bombs. Once the helicopter finally arrived, Porky and several of his buddies all put their supplies on board and flew over the center of the volcano. They dropped the tires in first, then the chopper landed to let them out. They poured oil and sterno all over those tires before spray-painting April Fool in 50-foot letters directly onto the snow. Porky then lit the spark and watched as his creation went up in a blaze of glory. The FAA controller guiding the chopper home was reported to have said, The son of a gun looks fantastic. But the Coast Guard commander hadn't been in on the joke, hence his request to have his own helicopter and a whaleboat investigate the smoke. He'd even called his admiral in Juneau about it. Sitka radio phone lines and police lines were inundated with calls from citizens wondering if this was really happening. 
The vice president of Alaska Airlines called the city and asked that the plane currently departing the airport fly over the volcano so passengers could get a good look at Porky's prank. Not everyone, though, was happy about the joke, but Porky sure was. He had fooled them all. In fact, he had done such a good job of it that, according to some stories, after Mount St. Helens erupted in 1980, one of Porky's neighbors wrote to him and told him, This time, you've gone too far. I hope you've enjoyed today's guided tour of the Cabinet of Curiosities. Subscribe for free on Apple Podcasts or learn more about the show by visiting curiositiespodcast.com. This show was created by me, Aaron Mankey, in partnership with How Stuff Works. I make another award-winning show called Lore, which is a podcast, book series, and television show. And you can learn all about it over at theworldoflore.com. And until next time, stay curious. Thank you.